Hey, welcome to ELL203, and guess what? Big news! We have a new sponsor! And that is Zipix Toothpicks. Yes, Zipix Nicotine Toothpicks, FDA registered, created in 1993 in a pharmacy. This is a product I'm very excited about, and uh, let me tell you a little bit about it. So, this is something to take care of a little bit of those cravings. If you uh, are really big into smoking, into chewing, whatever else, this is a perfect nicotine alternative. They got six different flavors. Because it's a toothpick, you still have that hand-to-mouth feel like you would with a cigarette. Um, you're going to have fresher breath. You're going to have whiter teeth. You're not going to have people pissed off at you because you're exhaling clouds of smoke. Your clothes aren't going to stink. And... You can also control how much you're going to get because you're chewing it, you're sucking it. You're going to uh, pay less than for regular cigarettes, either dip or chew, especially if you're in L.A. or New York where they're really reaming you over the cost of cigarettes. And subscriptions are available. Keep them coming in the door without you worrying about it. And best part, you can use the promo code LION to get 10% off your order. So go to ZipixToothpicks.com. That is Z-I-P-P-I-X Toothpicks.com. And uh, get them before the holiday party season, fellows and fellowettes. Fellowettes, that's a term I'm bringing into lexicon. Anyway, if you're like your old pal Brian, when you get to holiday drinking and partying, that's when you want that smoke. So make sure to visit ZipixToothpicks.com today. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. Hey, hey, what do you say, everybody? Yeah, Zipix Toothpicks. I'm I'm uh, actually super pumped. <laughs> I can't I can't wait. I'm I'm excited to uh to chew them. Um and also a shout out want to give a, a quick shout out to Buck over at the Death to Tyrants podcast who had put them in touch with us. Thank you, Buck. If you guys aren't familiar with that show, definitely check it out. Great guy, great podcast. I know he's uh he's attracting a lot of followers more so by the day. So make sure to check out Death to Tyrants podcast. Now, I'm going to bring in a guest to, uh, for today's show, actually a comedian that I uh, I really enjoy talking to. And it's kind of funny, you know, again, one of those people who had reached out to me after seeing my status updates, it kind of, you know, follows along and say, you know, this, yeah, yeah, we're on the same page here, brother. <laughs> but before I bring on uh, Mr. Shevsky, who's going to be joining me, I want to give you a quick update on Schneider Watch. <laughs> There is no update on Schneider Watch as of this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting for her to get back to me and confirm a, a fucking date. So, uh, you know, don't bug him yet. There may come a day soon, by the way, where I will uh, once again raise the armies of Mordor and say it's time for another directed campaign on social media at uh, Mr. Schneider. But that time has not yet come. Anyway, let's get into the real show here with my buddy, John Shefsky. Um, Yeah, man, you just asked, uh, for those who don't know or weren't listening or uh, maybe maybe edited out, yeah, yes, I bet. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like anything. Like last show I did, uh, I was talking about I was like super depressed because I just was like, I don't know, everything was just getting me down, pissing me off, like work sucked, uh, you know, because I do PR. I couldn't get any bookings because everybody's talking about election shit nonstop and just yeah. the election itself is annoying me. Like everything's just, you know, the COVID's weighing on me. So yeah, it's rough, man. I mean, how have you been? Uh, I mean, uh, all, all things considered, I'm good now. I mean, the the at the very beginning, uh, when I say like the first month of the pandemic was like 
awful for me. I'm yeah. normally like pretty optimistic. I don't let most. <laughs> yeah, you're an upbeat guy. <laughs> I'm an upbeat guy, and like, dude, most stuff like I, like is not that big of a deal. Like, if financial stuff doesn't work out, if like yeah. prestigious stuff that goals that you have don't happen, I, oh, the Broncos lost. Like, I don't give a shit. I don't cry about stuff. You ask my wife, like, oh, the air conditioning doesn't work. Okay, well, I'll learn to sleep in the heat for the next week until it gets fixed. Like, I just don't <laughs> get bummed. But when like life or death, or when people start going like, hey, Mad Max lifestyle's on its way, I'm like, okay, I'm having major issues with that. So it's just I, like I, feast I, or famine. See, on so the I'm, side though, I'm I'm honestly to the point where I'm almost rooting for Mad Max lifestyle to just happen. Like I'm so I mean I look no, I know Brian. I have a kid. You've I know you've got kids. Yeah, I got two kids. kids. You got yeah. Well, have you started to train them? I mean, that's on you, man. If you're not training your kids in at least knife fighting, I don't know what's wrong with you. That's all right. I, I try. I teach them. I teach them from real estate. I'm like, hey, here's how you negotiate. Here's, <laughs> you give them some of the fuel, but trade them for water. Uh, no, dude. I, I, I think. I think like uh, the 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 romantic version of like Mad Max is like that alpha male linguistic part of people's brains is like adventure, cool, awesome. Yeah, totally. But like, it's like reading about like war and thinking about war, like from a GI Joe playing kids perspective. It's like, it's a lot different. Like when you're like watching someone get raped or like when you're like, Oh yeah. You know, having your throat slit and slowly dying. Like those are like experiences. Like <laughs> I, I'm cool. I don't need that shit. I in my book. The, Thanks. Dude, I seriously had the same thing. Like when I was younger, I was like, I was like, Oh, you know, maybe, yeah, I, I feel like I missed out, you know, all these other generations accomplished something great. You know, they went to war. I'm like, where's my war? What's going to make me into a man? And now I'm yeah. older. I'm like, what was I thinking? I don't want to go to war. <laughs> I don't so, want to sit around, watch Netflix. I want to eat, eat shitty food from In-N-Out Burger. Like, I don't want to be going to war. I need to be shot at. Yeah, no, I'll create the interesting times. I'm competitive with myself. That's enough of an go. interesting time for me. I just want to beat my own goals and leave me alone. I'm the guy that played Grand Theft Auto and never played a mission, but was always like, ooh, what would happen if I try to drive this car like off the pier or drive up this truck yeah. thing and steal a helicopter? Like, I don't need anybody else's like weird goals. And Linguistically, it sounds like, fun. Yeah. Oh, it's speak, I mean, well, it's good. So you have an independent mind, which brings us back to uh, why we're talking, man. I mean, well, first off, let me introduce you officially. So John Chesky here, or, or Tomaszewski. Tomaszewski, how do you say your full name? You go by Chesky, though. I go by Chesky because uh, Ralphie May convinced me years ago to shorten it to Chesky to make it easier yeah. for everyone. Meanwhile, like everyone's it. still just like, how do you pronounce your shortened last name? I'm like, shit. <laughs> Ralphie, why didn't you tell me to go Yes. <laughs> well, then it's just confusing, though. Then you have to go a whole, like, I think then you have to go kind of a, a, a prop comedy route where you're always tying it into foods in some way. Very confusing. You could have been the Gallagher of our generation, but I don't know. Somehow I would not complain. Real estate. Yeah. Oh, so John and I know each other because I used to run for many years. Me and my buddy Matt Neal ran a comedy show, Comedy Hall. Awesome. Awesome, awesome comedy show, show right? one Thank of the best you. ones. And actually, I'm trying to bring it back. I, I'm seeing I might try to bring it back mid-December, uh, but it's just... Hey, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't know what the hell is going on with COVID. So, um, yeah, but, but you and I were, you know, we, we met each other in that scene and, uh, I always thought you were, you know, very funny, very likable guy. And, um, and then you got into real estate, which is funny, uh, on its own. Right. And then I, and I didn't realize you got into real estate until I saw one of your videos, John's going through, and these are like videos you put out, right? You know, they're like oh, out yeah. in the world, two clients that, that could buy these oh, houses. Yeah. He walks through these houses and he's just making cracks. He's making jokes. Not all of which are completely appropriate, but they're certainly fucking funny. And, uh, and then you started a podcast. This has got to be a couple years old now, right? But Fantasy House, yeah. where you bring in comedians and, uh, and you bait and switched me, tried to get me on Fantasy House, lured me into conversations about libertarianism and how you were coming around to some of my viewpoints, and then never booked me on the actual podcast. And you oh, dude, it's, 
I've just been like super slammed. You're going to be on the podcast. Come on now. Don't you pu- publicly making me feel like I, I bait and switched you. How dare you? Oh, I would rather I you well, come on my podcast than me go on your podcast. I had to prepare for your podcast. That's right. Goddamn right. You did. Give me well, homework. I prepare for yours. I mean, the whole concept of fantasy house, it's, it's a funny concept. It's basically your fantasy as we walk us through it because I have to prepare. I have to mentally lay out a house. Dude, I, I absolutely. So I used to do a crime podcast uh, with my buddy Rich Slayton, and it was it was growing in success like incredibly, and it was really amazing. And we met a lot of cool people, and we started building a fan base, and it was awesome. But the thing about me is, I don't want to be reading about crime. I, I, you know, I'm in my late 30s now. I'm not 14 anymore. Reading Silence of the Lambs, like how did people get murdered? Like I don't want to think about negative stuff. I don't want to hear about people being bad and naughty. And did you start dreaming stuff. about it? Envision yourself through the killer's oh. eyes, type of thing. Well, when I first started the podcast with Rich, he's like, you know, like I, I was. I listened to like boring intellectual. I was listening to like Sam Harris and like part of the problem and like just boring old people podcasts, right? Yeah. And and and. Slayton was like, hey, you know, like, let's make this podcast about crime. It'll be like the dollop or last podcast on the left. So I start listening to those podcasts to see what, what he's talking about. And it is absolutely nightmarish. Like I love last podcast on the left. They're, they're hilarious. Henry Zabrowski's great. But they're just talking about the most disgusting, awful things. And I'm like, I don't want to download that shit into my hard drive. So <laughs> when Slayton got a job working on a game show, uh, uh, esports network, right? He's like the Joe Rogan of like uh, video game stuff oh, right nice. now. Nice, that's awesome. So he got pulled away from it, and he was like, "Hey, you can keep doing crime by yourself right now while I'm working on this thing." And I was like, "I'm actually going to start doing my fantasy house thing." So it's 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 its own weird niche. I don't know what to even say, but it's basically like imagine MTV Cribs, but in a imaginary in a limitless like cartoon yeah, Rick and Morty yeah. kind of universe. So every guest comes up, I guess, give them like an, an onboarding outline. I'm like, here's a guide. Come up with a crazy fantasy. Okay, good. So that, that's good. So at least there's a, there's a, a, a general build out that I can follow here. Yeah. Yeah. So I give you the onboarding like thing to help prep you. And then like, do people have been pushing the limits? Like Jeremiah Watkins had like, we did a Halloween theme episode and his toilet paper dispenser in every bathroom is a mummy that you unwrap to wipe your butt with. Yeah, and like, that was literally the example I was going to use. I listened oh, I to Watkins uh, just a few weeks ago. And yeah, cause, I mean, you got some pretty good names on there too. I mean, and Watkins has blown up. I mean, since he was on my show years ago, he's gotten huge. I mean, he's oh yeah, he's huge through the roof. He's, he's on uh, Legion of Skanks all the time. I think he has a, his own comedy special coming out. Yeah, he's, he's really blown up. Yeah. So, I mean, and, but also not just comics, dude. I have friends. I just had my buddy. Uh, I haven't released the episode yet, but my buddy Gabe Munoz, who's a veteran and like just an awesome dude. He's a tattoo artist I've known for like 20 years. And he's just a dear friend. Mm-hmm. And usually I do have to talk in like regular people. Like comics are like, I'll be on the podcast. Regular people, you have to be like, hey, do you want to do my show? And they'll be like, oh, I don't know if I could do a podcast. I'm like, I'm going to walk you through it. And sometimes, dude, they are the best guests because they don't take it what, for granted why, why do you think that is just because they're more on they're not going to go for bits they're going for like legit shit that they just are scared to admit in public but they'll somehow you'll lure them into saying it there's a little bit of that but i think there's a little bit of them being intimidated that like oh john's got like com- like some famous comics yeah. like uh that like are well known have been on the show ian edwards has been on it like steve simone's been on it uh tony Hinchcliffe, like all these names so they know them oh, nice. they're not yeah, comics and they're like oh fuck <laughs> like I can't be on that show. And I'm like, yes, you can just bring it. I give that little nudge. Yeah. Just bring it. Yeah, well, and then make it so great about comics is that comedians are just regular people with substance abuse issues and deep depression. <laughs> That's right. And it just comes out in strange ways. And once and you realize t- that you're not intimidated anymore. And we take the, the limelight for granted a lot of times, especially if you've been in the industry for 10 plus years. Yeah. So, so sometimes like you, it's harder to get a comic to do the homework. They'll be like, Oh, I just got off a plane. I'm tired. What are we doing on this podcast again? Right. Right. Yeah. So, 
So I had my lender on Cole and he's like, he fucking dude. He's like, God, he's like, there's these tubes like the bank has, you know, where they, they suck you up in. And it's like, it, it, there are these friendship tubes and you get sucked into these things and you go and you bond with your friend. And he's like getting super psychedelic and weird. And it's like, dude, half of the comics aren't even getting this creative, but he wanted to bring it because he knew the pros are doing it. So it's actually nice to have non entertainers on because I'm very of interested in this how hard they try tube concept I don't, I don't know how that do you mush get mushed together at the center of the tubes i mean i was thinking what's oh, our yeah. tubes my mind instantly went like an entire room of fleshlights and the walls of this fleshlights and you just roll around it not that I, and i've never used one but i kind of would want that in a house an entire <laughs> room where the walls are cocaine i mean it's like these are the things that you need to see in your fantasy house I think. sam tripoli did have a full cocaine uh room like the bricks were made out of cocaine yeah that's and- exactly yeah so that's a good idea I mean, that also way, had a, and you know, the worst part is of that, having that room though, is when eventually you're like, well, I'm going to have to get my contractor back because I'm out of bricks <laughs> and you know, it'll happen. That's the story of Sam's life too. I'm clean right now. <laughs> he's right. the, he's the only guy I know that actually downloaded one of those porn blockers for their telephone. Yeah, dude, he's definitely, he <laughs> wow. definitely does go back and forth with that shit. He also had a bathroom that was uh, a giant swimming pool. I was like, so take us to your bathroom. He's like, yeah. oh, it's just a pool, bro. You just go in the pool and shit. I was like, oh my God. I love making this show. I like so, it. That's good. Yeah, dude. I'm um, excited. And, and then it's just you train fish to swim around with like the little scoopers in their mouths. You flip the script on the fish. You know, those like those, the pool cleaners that you use for oh, the gross. fish tank to scoop out the shit. They just swim with them in their mouths. <laughs> dude, Brian, dude, Brian, you don't have to really adapt. Don't you know there's um, sh- shit eaters is actually a kind of fish. Oh, I didn't know that. Do they live inside I've, your body if you train them properly? I'm just, I'm just joking. That's disgusting. Oh, oh God. Sh- shit eaters that live inside your body. <laughs> you got to be so excited. Like the, like the candiru fish, but it swims up your ass and eats the shit. Oh, is that the one that bite goes up your urethra? You're talking about the candy oh, yeah. fish? Yeah, that's oh, one that terrifying. swims up right up there when you're urinating in the uh, the Nile. I don't that's even like peeing in a regular pool because of that fish. That's <laughs> All right, well, get, let's get into some topics applicable to this show. So, you know, I know we're on a little, little limited uh, time basis here, but let me hear about kind of like where you're at you know where do you look at you see the landscape and you know you had reached out to me because you said you know I, I, i'm kind of agreeing with a lot of the stuff you're posting here and you're kind of seeing what i'm putting on facebook and i'm, I'm guessing at this point you at least listened to a couple pods uh to prep if nothing else so you know where are you at man i mean are have you have you seen an evolution kind of how you are politically or where you see the world and kind of where the left-right divide is or even where individual thinking versus cult mentality is yeah. Oh man, that's a big question. That's open ended. Well, when I when I hit you up, I mean, first of all, one of the things that I love is I, I don't think of myself. I think like like Ryan Long, the comedian. When people go like, "What are you politically?" Oh, I'm like, yeah, he's been on the show. Yeah, love Ryan. Oh, dude, he's 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 genius. I'm so glad he's blowing up right now. Um, yeah. but like when when he um. Uh, so he made a joke in one of his recent episodes, like people trying to shame him for not picking a certain political side, yeah. which is just like the most juvenile bullshit, anyways, right? Um. And that, that, that tribalism is so terrifying in our society nowadays where you can say like, well, I'm still thinking and I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not judging anyone and I want to see and people be like, you need to pick a side right now. It's like, uh, that's not yeah. the, the point of reason. That's terrifying, right? <laughs> um, so I feel like him though, in that way where it's like, um, not that I agree with all of his political beliefs, but when he says like, people are like, what are you politically? Are you a Democrat or Republican? I go, I'm a comedian. I'm a human being. My father-in-law joked once, he's like, you're such a fucking hippie. But I was like, I don't want to be labeled. Like I, when people ask about spirituality and they go like, well, what do you believe? It's like, well, some days I wake up and I feel like there's a higher power that might even be a personified, like biblical style higher power. And some days I wake up and go, no, this could all be some weird math equation in reality, something I could never explain. And yeah. it's okay to fluctuate. That, that Amazon, like uh, consumer, like 
uh, practical like category thing. People are so brainwashed to think that you have to pick something and always stick to it forever. They do it for politicians. They'll be like, they switched platforms. They'll be like, yeah, they changed their mind. It's actually very fucking normal to change your mind. So I'm not a libertarian. I'm a romantic libertarian. So what that means to me is like, I, in my heart, believe in libertarian values and want to live in a libertarian society. I don't practically think it's possible right now in our world. And I don't think like the switchover that like, like when I listen to like Dave Smith, for example, I'm sure we both listen to part of the problem. You know, he's passionate. He's a smart enough guy, but there's some blind spots that I'm just like, dude, the ideology of just like, if we just change everything, right. It's like the people saying like, just get rid of the cops and all these problems will start like new problems that you're not even thinking about right now will arise because you're changing all of the pH balance in, in the equation. So I love libertarian values. And one of the things that trips me out so much and tell me if I'm rambling and you need to interrupt because I can see. I, I want to let out. you, ra- well, I, I left it open. Cause I'm going to let you ramble for a bit and then I'll oh. come back and, and okay. provide my, my own insight. Do you have, do you have a virtual assistant writing down what I'm saying? Because after an hour you're like, what did John say? I wanted to say something. Was there a it's note? It's actually the talking? same, the same fish that swims up your dick. I've trained to, to take notes. So I guess it's oh, got a little blackberry in there. And then oh, I, just I love go it. and I jerk off after the episode out. He comes and I get my notes. Oh dude, it's I found easy. my dick fish on Fiverr and he changed my life. <laughs> You changed my life. I couldn't, I can't do this. I got to scale my business. You got to get a dick fish. Check out dickfish.com. Dickfish.com. Um, your fantasy house will have dick fish. Uh, <laughs> but, but one of the things that fascinated me, uh, just in, you know, I'm a peaceful guy. I, I, I have a lot of, uh, libertarian values. I love, I love freedom of speech. I think is essential in a free society. Um, I, I think free right to bear arms. You know, I'm, I'm a big, like, I love the killer Mike. I love like the, like the fact that he's a very, He's a Bernie lover, but he's also, he loves guns and he's a capitalist yeah. well, and he's Bernie, smart. Bernie himself used to be a big Second Amendment guy and he kind of toned it down, you know, this election cycle, but he'd always been a pretty strident defender of Second Amendment rights. I always feel like people like Bernie, I'm like, if you guys would stop being such fucking fear mongers with the gun stuff, you could win over a lot of the assholes on the other side that are scared that you're just going to, my grandpa was always, you know, I'm a very white trash Jew. My grandpa was always like a, a, like a super gun nut. I have that in my blood. I fucking love guns. I grew up around them. Uh, I love shooting and I love the the right to bear arms is like, I, yeah, I think it's essential to a free society and I don't care if other countries have gotten rid of their guns and they think it's better. I'm like, no, we should have guns here. Uh, if yeah. anything, the Pandy has showed us like, I should be well, able to like, exactly. Man, have a like, gun. Well, there's like certain steps that keep taking, you know, in all these countries that you see collapse quickly, there's certain steps that are taken, you know, they take away your guns, they take away your freedom of speech, they undermine your monetary supply. And we're seeing it all yeah. happen in America, which see- is like very terrifying. And it's weird. Know, it's like, it's, and, and but, it's just, and you look at the yeah the acceleration of all these different things, and again, it's bringing like bringing it out in the open, and just going back to like what you're saying about libertarian ideals and like being a romantic libertarian. I feel like that's the way. Like you know, there's different libertarian caucuses. You know, there's the Mises oh, sure. caucus who I I align with, but that's so more funny to say. Capitalist, yeah. <laughs> Mises caucus. But, Mises caucus. Yeah. Um, it sounds like fucking it sounds uh, like a- what Jar Jar Binks would say, you know? <laughs> or like it reminds me of like a Rick and Morty character, like Meeseeks or something like that. The Mises yeah, caucus. Totally. I always think of like Mr. a weird like. Meeseeks. Yeah. Pooby, there's Mr. Poopy Butthole, there's the Meeseeks, and there's the Mises caucus. And like he just pops out of like weird <laughs> holes in the think wall. We should own that. Get some that, memes dude. pumping out there for the caucus. I'll, I'll talk dude. to the cockeye guys. They, they'll get involved with this. Talk us but- to the caucus. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but you're, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, though, is that some of the stuff like you talk about in theory, but obviously, and I think people have to admit that, and I've talked a little bit about this before, too, is like, you know, when we're talking to people, just yelling taxation is theft at them or just yelling like, you know, we can do this all private. People don't get it. And, and it's not something they can accept. And it definitely won't work when you flip a switch. 
And, you know, you have to have a, a culture that accepts it or can kind of get along with those ideals. And you kind of have to ease into things, which is why with any libertarian ideal or candidate, if you're talking to people, I think it has to be a conversation about how you gradually can take those back. You can still say this is the end goal because it's like that whole concept of if you don't go for the far ranging. I mean, look at the left. They're like, we want to tear down the buildings and rebuild them with uh, nature friendly styrofoam made of you know, Ewok fur, whatever the fuck Dude, it's it is. so scary. It's yeah. so scary. I mean, this is exactly this is exactly what 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 I love about uh, not having a side is that I can like uh, oh I'm I'm part of the reason group or whatever they want to call yeah. it is is talking to you and seeing that it, it, I wish more people would do that because uh, th- that's one of the weirdest things that I've noticed now is that you're you're a Nazi or you're a bad per- like I can't tell you how many people that I know that are great leftists because I have friends that are like just far leftist almost gone where I'm like wow, you're oh, almost oh. gone but they're great too, people great yeah. people they're smart um and they 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 think of liber- libertarians as like these evil like white supremacists and I'm like do you know any libertarians I was like I have like 20 re- yeah. libertarian in real estate I've got libertarian friends in comedy I've got libertarian and I'm like these people agree with you on most of the major stuff that you're complaining about war they're 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 peaceful people they don't want war uh, they don't they're against the industrial prison complex they want to mm-hmm. legalize drugs most of them are not racist they don't like police overreach or government overreach yeah, and, and they're mo- some of the most charitable people I know for years. Yeah, yeah, some yeah, of the most exactly. charitable people I know are extreme conservatives in my life I've had you know asshole handlebar mustache gun toting <laughs> dudes that have wild sense of humor that you might say, or they're so evil because they say the wrong jokes, but they are family people that love their gay kid, respect mm-hmm. uh, people's opinions. They just want like, they, they want people like, they believe in charity in their own way. And I'm not saying it's the right way that s- society will work out. We might need to have, that's why I say I'm romantic about it. We might need yeah. to have a collective charity pot and a bunch of taxes. I don't know, but I, I want to bridge the gap the way Rogan does with bros you know how he gets meatheads <laughs> to talk about psychedelics and, and meatheads yeah. to talk about like listen to a Graham Hancock interview. Yeah, I feel like we need that social politically with people too. Is like to be like, hey, like check. And I think it's happening too. I think we might have crossed the, crossed the I, point of the I, insanity. See, I don't know, man. I mean, I I kind of hope so too. Like every day I wake up and like you know even this morning I'm walking down the street. And I'm like <laughs> I'm like listen to podcasts. I had to turn podcasts off because I was I had to listen to music. You know, I had to like mentally yeah. reset. But like, I, you know, I find myself torn between those two realities of, okay, are we going the right direction? And I think this is why for me, the election stuff, and we'll talk a little bit about where, you know, what you think's happening in the election, but the election stuff for me, like, <laughs> even though it looks like probably Trump's going to lose, but I was rooting for Trump to win over Biden because he aligns more ironically with what I view as advancements for libertarians, you know, as, as I understand as, that. I, yeah, yeah. You know, like, cause it just seems like for the, what the left is doing, especially cause the left's completely given up on being anti-war. They're no longer anti-war. They don't give a shit. They're this establishment. And what and it terrifies me. But hold on. I'll, I'll leave talking in a sec. But getting back okay. to the main point is I worry now. Like I look back and I see like the violence that happens. Like you have rallies, you have violence, you have uh, Antifa out there. You've got riots constantly. They're now being accepted. You have political violence. And like there was some poll that said like 60% of people polled thought that political violence was more acceptable and they're okay with it now. And that they don't even know what they're answering on these polls. Yeah, no, I'm mean, sorry. You, go on. You're probably right. Interrupt. You're probably right. People don't even know they're, anymore. They right. probably have some leading question, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, I would if I I would accept violence if it was." For, they're probably like, "Oh well, wait a, minute, oh, a white supremacist is raping a black chick." You know, I'm a guy. You know, probably something like that. But yeah. at the same time, I have to think that people are 
You know, kind of like, you know, I sent you that link on Bill Maher calling the woke left out and saying yeah. this is madness. I have to think that some people or the majority of people are gravitating more towards that. Let's talk. This has gone too far mentality. Like, I mean, what yeah. do you think about that? Well, first off, I think that I love when I see that, when I see any adult, I call them adult liberals versus hysterical mm -hmm. liberals. So I have some yep. very close loved ones that are hysterical liberals and I love them. But I look at them like I look at anybody else, like like the way I look at Donald Trump, for example, where I say, I don't hate you. You've done things that are I'm not, uh, bad and whatnot. I, I feel very Buddhist where I'm just like, I hold no harbor against you, but get the fuck away from the driver's seat. I don't want you touching the steering wheel. Yeah. So I feel that way about certain people in our society. So I'm not mad. I don't, I don't like to see people suffer. I'm not like, I, cut his head off. I can't wait to see him suffer. I'm just like, just get him out of the driver's seat is how I feel about him. And I feel the same way about like hysterical liberal friends. I'm just like, just like, you're not ready to make real decisions yet. But adult liberals will say like, hey, there's a, like, what did Matt Damon say? Like there was a difference between Harvey Weinstein and, and Louis C.K. And he got like, yeah, lambasted yeah, or whatever and it was like no no he was actually correct he was showing some sort of relativity and like looking at the details and so when when that's not shown in the regular hysterical liberal movement it's scary but what what's scariest about that is that it's kind of grown like a cancer when it went from this fringe liberal thing and i think the same thing happened on the conservative side too i think we can blame social media for this but oh, it, for sure it, it 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 became like more and more accepted to be like hysterical liberal infiltrating the adult liberals so that's why you've got all these like college professors like hey like my college oh, yeah. the, the, the weinstein guys and like all that weird shit that you're like that seems kind of scary that that would happen i thought that was only just like stuck in like some certain weird circles because the people that i know that are that hysterical liberals are their heart their hearts in the right place they're good human beings but they're in no place to make any decisions and they are so delusional right now uh with like our society is hell and it's the worst thing ever and they have this like we got to tear it down thing that for me stepping back being like i love people so much and i'm so liberal that i don't think we should be tearing the boat apart while we're floating at sea oh, dude, like you exactly. don't just destroy us like have you read any books do you know about power yeah. vacuums like what's the percentage of success that you destroy a society and that you get a better ruler in there or a better government in there actually Thank physically you. mostly exactly. usually it goes worse remember so, like each i mean just look at egypt let's look at like you know any of these uh south american countries this stuff happens in it always is worse and, and, oh and man the u.s you know that's why again you know i'm so big on the war state and, and stopping that because every time we go in there we fund people we, we give the terrorist weapons the terrorists get in there and overthrow yeah. whoever and then it gets instantly worse but then also like you're saying like you know this concept of, of the great reset it's been like people say, "Oh, that's a conspiracy theory," but then you do have Justin Trudeau on, you know, a national address. I heard about Canadian, that. Yeah, uh, it's on Canadian television talking about how the COVID has given us an opportunity to have a great reset. And you go, "Was that a slip of the tongue?" I mean, is even what the fuck is going on here? Because you don't want society to collapse. We all have too much to lose. Like Americans, I totally we all have too much to lose. The poorest yeah. of us have way too much to lose. They still people do. Are too, how, it, how poor you are. It's too easy. Like our lives are too good. Even yeah. with the stats and the bad stuff that's happening with police brutality, if you look at the statistics, if you read read Steven Pinker, you check out some of the some of the uh, who's the guy that wrote the future is faster than you think. Like if you really look at the stats of how how good things are, we can be the reason that we destroy the potential for an awesome present and future yeah. by whining and complaining. Where it's like, are you so comfortable that you're going to say that we like? I, I've literally had comedian friends tell me like, we live in a dystopia right now, John. I'm like, <laughs> it's uh, like yeah, well, your dystopia. I, I was I, outside. What are you talking to me on right now? Your your video phone. This is like we had Star Trek. 
we're looking at Star Trek and that we weren't supposed to have these things for another 300 years. We've got video phones right now. You're, everybody is getting their food. Everybody's, you know, perfectly happy. We're driving Great example. We're flying through. This. Yeah, it, it's madness to think this. And I mean, and you teed on like social media. I mean, for me, social media, even though it's useful at times, it is the greatest evil, so I think, has oh, ever so existed. It, it's so it's bad. ruining people's brains. You know, turning so people bad. on each other. Yeah, it, it's horrible. And I mean, like, I, how often are you on social media, would you say, a day? I'm on it. So after saying it's so bad, it's so bad, I'm on it all the time because <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 I do so much business on social media. Oh, so course, yeah. I, post, I post real estate videos all the time. I post stats. Yeah. If I do research for a client, I kill two birds. I do the research for my client. Then I make a video on the research real quick, put it yeah. online because when I do that, I, people constantly say like, oh, they email me. They're like, hey, John, my wife and I are thinking about buying a house or my, my, my father-in-law wants to sell his house. Can you help us out? Because I posted that video because yeah. while, and then I, t- I told one of my friends, I was like, I want to get away from social media, but I feel like I need to do it for work. She's like, no, there's enough negative stuff on social media. Keep putting positive good stuff on there yeah, so that people like yeah. mixing in some, you know, mix in some some sexiness in with the rest of the uh, dooms or doom scrolling or whatever. Yeah, I, so. I mean, I guess that's a good point is like trying to put more positivity out there. And, and I thought about that, you know, like I, for this podcast was supposed to be like, we were talking about reaching across the aisle. Like when I started it, I had these pie in the sky aspirations. Like I'm going to make yeah. it nice and funny and approachable libertarians. And then I'm just out here fucking screaming and cursing and getting angry. <laughs> Cause you need <laughs> therapy dog. Me too. This is our therapy. <laughs> It really is. It's my cathartic <laughs> moment. I'm like, you know, laying it all out in line. But, you know, there is a lot to be said about trying to make, and especially like, you know, when it comes to like libertarianism or ideals that kind of go by reason. That's why Ryan Long is so great. That's why, like, you know, it sucked. Like, Lou Perez, are you familiar with him from uh, not, the internet TV? I know of him, but I don't, I'm not familiar with him. So he's, he him. made great videos. They're basically just kind of like Ryan Long, straight down the line, just showcasing your, you know, both sides. You're being hysterical. You're being idiots. Like, let's just call, call a spade a spade and, and talk reason here. And unfortunately, he's now closed that and he's doing something else. But we need more stuff like that, especially for reason-centric people, just to point out the logical fallacies. Because you have, you know, on the one side, you've got Republicans, you know, conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory, some of which I might agree with, uh, frankly. And then you've got the Democrats, like you said, saying we're in the dystopian future, that Trump's an authoritarian, meanwhile, threatening to take away our free speech and take away guns and take away all these things and censor people. Yeah. I mean, it, like, the question is, how do you how do you get that out? Like in the era of tech censorship, how would you get that message out? Like, Do you feel like you can still resonate with a message like that? I, I, I personally do. In- Nonsense. Well, I, I think like if you're expecting to have a Gandhi like uh, impact, then I mean that might be like just I, so I have being to have a sexual more predator because that's what the left. Oh, is that's the Gandhi. Gandhi is now they've got after that's, Gandhi. That's funny. <laughs> the, the left is so busy like uh, yeah eating themselves and they're like they're like the gothic kid just cutting themselves. You're like hey we got like oh yeah this is one of this one of my biggest things with the left that that's bothered me because my wife and I always talk about it. like we think of ourselves as as liberals like we're just liberal people yeah. in general right yeah. and. And it's so crazy to think like how the hysterical leftists taking over the liberal side. And they're two different things. I think Dennis Prager had a video about it to try to explain to conservatives. Thankfully he did that. I don't agree with everything that guy fucking says. Sometimes he drives me, sometimes he drives (laughs) me up a wall, but he did a video that was really good saying like, Hey, just so you conservatives, my fellow conservatives know, like, don't think all liberals are leftists. And I was like, thank you, Dennis, for pointing that out. Yeah. Very cool of him. Um, but I think the leftists have done this weird thing where, you know this in your life, you're a successful human being. Uh, I, I run my business. Okay, 
listen, you got a microphone and the camera quality is great. This is obviously a decent. It is a great camera quality. I've got, I, I, have a, I suppose I have a house in LA. I can't be doing that yeah. poorly, right? Those pictures behind you, they're almost framed. Um, <laughs> They've got thumbtacks. It's not just tape. In, in, to, in order to survive, even from a primal, if you were living in a hut in the Saharas, in order to survive, you have to be able to prioritize, right? So if you have a worm crawling to your foot on one side and you have a lion coming to you from your left side, you have to be able to decide like, hmm, that's a fire I got to put out as that lion, right? Mm-hmm. And hysterical leftists are running around screaming and crying about everything. Like you can't even, one of my best friends, I can't even have a discussion with her about certain things because she literally will stop me and be like, that's not what that word means. And I'll be like, oh my God, you're like, not only, you have a great point, but it's another discussion we're talking about something much more important. So they have this weird thing where they're obsessed with like, they want to play that it's game the, with everything. And it's like, totally, dude, children are totally. actually starving. Real people are being raped. I don't mean someone gave a blowjob that they regret. I mean, someone yeah. is being held down and fucked right now. And we don't have the energy to help them because you're whining that someone mm-hmm. pinched your ass once five years ago at a crappy job that you worked. That it's like, you're not on the same par. Like I know a kid that yeah. was raped when they were four. Like that person is in a different spot on the Venn diagram level than you are because your butt got pinched and you felt like you didn't have the power at your job. These are two different things. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't address your problem, but while you're making the phone call to get so-and-so's Twitter taken down because they made a racy joke, there's a real warmonger right now that is releasing drone strikes on somebody. And you're not spending that time writing to that congressperson or even rallying up troops to take care of that mess. Because you're rallying up your troops to have Matt Damon take down his post about Louis C.K. Yeah. And so the prioritizing thing is what my wife and I, I think Sam Harris had a quote where he said, like, we'll be worrying, we'll be arguing gender pronouns as the world goes up in smoke or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's what's scary to me is like, I'm worried about like the Amazon being fully destroyed or like a Jane Goodall preservation project being non-funded and like a large group of intelligent primates just being poached and killed. At the same well, time, a, we are we are really nipping the whole guerrilla revolution in the bud. There, are we okay? Well, but we could we could go back to it. But but I'm just trying to give a good a good example of where I yeah. think the important parts of being a liberal come in, and where the parts we need to say, hey, that's not a priority right now. Like the uh, the uh, appropriation argument for like Halloween costumes. Oh yeah, people have tried to say that that's blown out of proportion, and like that's oh you're making that that's an old story. I literally just had a friend of mine tell me something because I tr- I posted something about Diwali, the uh, Indian ceremony, that mm-hmm. she can't celebrate it because she doesn't want to appropriate. And I'm just like, what? I don't. First of all, I don't believe in identity politics. I, I want to live in a post racial world where, like Martin yeah. Luther King said, where like you're black, I'm Jewish, I'm trans, I'm well, this, whatever. We're well, just human well, beings and we share that. We've made. And sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, like I mean, I no, like, it's okay. Please uh, interrupt me. I need that. This- Dude, I'm asking the, for it. the whole concept of like, we're moving into this road and, and Bill Maher was talking about this too on the, that, uh, the clip I sent through, you know, talking about how we've gone from colorblind. That's what I grew up with. You know, you and I are about the same age. I think you're a couple years younger than me, but I'm 64. Like colorblind. So what's that? Yep. We're about 64. Okay, cool. Yes, exactly. When I'm 64. Um, yeah, man. But you know, we grew up colorblind. Everybody's the same. Don't use skin color. You know, yeah, it was fine. Grew up. Yeah, I had black and female life. heroes since I was a kid too, by the way, yeah, Ripley dude, from aliens. Exactly. Like, and yeah. yet now we're told you have to see color. You can't, you can't view everybody oh, the it's same dangerous. way. It's the most important thing in the world. I, and it's, and, and, you know, like to, and to the yeah. point you were saying too, I wanted to, to expound on this a little bit, talking about not only prioritization, but it seems like the left is so focused on either micro or macro to the point where, and not macro, like you're talking about big picture war, not things that really are impactful, but macro to the point where it's like either, yeah, somebody pinched my ass or somebody uh, I read, I, we can no longer read a book with rape without giving a trigger warning to 
Yeah. This big picture of, like I said, the new green deal, or like we have to revamp society and we have to have you know, reparations for all this shit. It's like these big picture things that are never going to fucking happen, but that's yeah. all they can talk about in addition to the micro. And they're missing this massive swath of very important shit in the middle. Yeah. They, they won't talk about, I mean, one of the great, greatest examples, I think, is uh, the, the super brave speaker, Ayan Hirsi Ali. Uh, oh, yeah. she's, a, she's, a, she, she's been through female genital mutilation. And if your listeners are listening and if they don't know what that is, I mean, that's circumcision from a woman. So for me, I was circumcised. I had a bris. I don't fault my parents. I didn't make my two boys have them because mm. I don't believe in that shit. But for me, I still have great orgasms. Life's fine. I bust the nuts <laughs> left and right. Your uh, wife is like, eh, he has great orgasms. I well, one. she has way better orgasms than I do. Uh, the, and not because of me, just because she's got a, uh, she's got that female uh, <laughs> energy she's allowed to. But, but for those of uh, listeners that don't know, female genital mutilation, when, when someone is a female circumcised, they cut the woman's clit off. Yeah. And that is something that, to me, I think it's more important to talk about that even if someone's going to get offended because, oh, don't offend someone's culture. I could get you. A culture is decided, right? Some are better than others, right? But, but, um, but she's but, been ostracized from, I mean, let the leftists consider her like verboten. Like she's been canceled, which I. Which and that's I a great, that's a great example. I it's a great why. example because the left, the, the left, the, the part, the people on the, the far left, the hysterical leftists, not regular intelligent liberals. Okay, that, that have patience and really want to live in a liberal society. But the fascist leftists that are hysterical, just hear some keywords, just like the far right people do. They hear a keyword and they, they're triggered and they just go, no, 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 alarm, alarm, alarm. And part of that you can blame on all the crazy conservative parents that raise their kids badly and have been assholes to their gay kids for the past 200 years or whatever and have not understood simple like, race relations of like oh black guy comes into town he must be awful we have to lynch him or he can't He's be around rambo our- watch out yeah so 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 in a way like again like as lincoln said like we're there there's us under, under different circumstances who do you blame about this i don't know it's been a fucking domino effect since the beginning of time so yeah. whose fault is it i mean I, I don't know, but it's still, it, it is weird that the left is, seems to be concerned about these things, but they're impeding actual liberal progress because they're hysterical. Completely. And it's like, you just shut up people that are actually on your side that like want to defend women in like Saudi Arabia, or maybe Saudi Arabia is a bad example, but harsh, uh, theocratic <laughs> Islamic our, our, countries. One of our closest allies who still like to stone <laughs> yeah. people to death and kill women for, be, for having sex with a, uh, somebody outside their marriage. Uh, uh, well, uh, on a lighter note, uh, I think United Arab Emirates who has been making big, big changes, right? With Israel and with their own law. Yeah. They just made it like legal to drink in private, which is even though it might seem silly Fantastic. to us, to us, to, to them, that's great. And then there was a couple other things that they like, loosened up regulations on that should have been loosened up, you know, hundred years ago. But it, there's progress. We have to have patience, Brian. That's my thing. It's like it, the evolution, uh, the revolution is in an evolution. Now, if we destroy the boat while it's at sea, I don't think anyone's going to win. And statistically, it'll be a power vacuum. And like, do you want Putin taken over? Do you want fucking China to run the world? No. Do you want Iran to run the world? No. We need to be calm and like fight for the right, but realize like it's going to take time and we need to take deep breaths when we think our neighbor's homophobic. Like learn. Especially considering the fact, okay, so libertarianism is really at its core only about, I think we could say- 12 minutes old 50 i mean okay. in the overall scheme of things yeah i mean it's it's yeah. only it's a it's ultra young as a party 
Yeah, hello everybody. A quick moment to thank a sponsor and friends of our show, Defund the Politicians and MischiefTheory.com. So MischiefTheory.com has a goal of getting money out of politics. And they uh, want to raise awareness around the fact that politicians are legally taking millions in anonymous dollars from corporate and special interest bribes. So no matter how your politics falls, no matter which side of the election you might be on, whether you voted for Joe, Biden, or Trump, you should get behind this cause. Because this is something that really crosses over political divides, gets the crony capitalists out of there. Defund the politicians is the thing to think of. They've got awesome shirts with the little uh, defund the politicians, shaka bro, as well as some other hip designs. They've also got some coffee mugs. They've got some uh, coffee cups, like travel cups. They've got uh, water bottles for your yoga needs, etc. Check them out. Get 50% off with the code money at mischieftheory.com. All right, let's get back into the show. Check them out. They're good peeps. And I think maybe we do get wrapped up in the fact that we say, you know, nothing's going our way. And I talk about this, how it's depressing being a libertarian or somebody of libertarian mindset because you look around, it's just lose, loss after loss after loss. But to your point, maybe it is something where we have to look at the long game and say, people are going to get sick of this. And, and maybe, and I talked about this as a concept, and let me know if you, what do you think about this? Cancel culture, which I hate. I'm completely against it. Outrage culture, you know, left versus right mentality and all this thing like playing course, up. And yeah. It's it's unbelievably evil. But I thought to myself, you know what? Yeah. What's actually going to help libertarianism or help logical, reasonable, reasonable thinking of the middle is if we accelerate cancel culture to the point where people are getting canceled so fast, so viciously that everybody's just losing soldiers on both sides and everybody goes, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No more of this shit. No more canceling. You know, because it's like one of those things where if we can have it, like, it's like the boiling frog. If people are slowly getting canceled, then you kind of accept it, right? Okay. Uh, somebody here, yep. somebody there. Oh, well, that person probably deserved. Oh, Alex Jones. Okay. Well, he says crazy shit. Oh, yeah, Alex Jones. If we get no, it he, super quick. Yep. Sorry. I, 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 yeah. 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 No, no, I agree. Well, but the faster it is, the more vicious it is. Like people try to cancel Chris Pratt because Chris Pratt didn't go to a Biden event. That kind of shit. The yeah. What happened to him? I, that. I, yeah, oh, he just he's well, he he became religious, right? He married in married into um, did he marry Schwarzenegger's family? Schwarzenegger's daughter, yeah, the Schwarzenegger family. So, aren't they big time Democrats, though? They're big time Democrats. Well, well, I know. Well, well, Schwarzenegger was Republican, now he's very anti Trump, but I'd say they're they're still like a probably conservative religiously, but liberal probably in a lot of a lot of the way they think. So, he married into that. Became more religious and probably doesn't align with a lot of the anti-abortion stuff that the uh, or, or the pro-abortion stuff the, pro the left has. Um, yeah. Probably just, you know, as far as breaking up family values or like, you know, BLM specifically says they want to break up the nuclear family. Probably not on board with that. Yeah. So who is? He doesn't That's go to a Biden weird. event with the other Avengers and it's can you know, cancel Chris Pratt's trending all over. And people I was say, wondering why that happened. That's so yeah, funny. That's why, man. So, like, so what do you think about that concept, though? Well, I, I, from my own singular biological <laughs> organism view of things, <laughs> is it a perspective? It's just one dude's perspective. But I, I you know, I respect, like, I love Chappelle. Uh, mm -hmm. I love Rogan. I, I've heard, and Burr, and I think they've all made comments that, like, it's, it seems like it's becoming white noise. And that's a good thing. Yeah. I think that it's going to, just like uh, Trumpistan is still going to exist, even as we move forward, like that's going to be like the new Rush Limbaugh, like just party of like Trump nuts are going to be going over here. Just like, yeah, whatever he said, that's what sounds great. Yeah. I'm not going to research well, anything. Because he's going to start his own media outlet. I, oh, I, yeah. I, I, for he's sure a religious he's figure. He's yeah, a religious exactly. figure. Why do you think he does so well with religious people? He goes, people yeah. that have the natural inclination to be like, just tell me that. 
Okay, you're my yeah. dad. Okay, okay well, I'll listen. That seems like everybody now, though. You know, it's, the hero worship is sickening to me. Whether it's Obama or Trump, you know, sure. all these people getting upset about a president. How can you represent this guy? He, you know, he represents the country. Like he doesn't represent me. He doesn't represent you because you let him represent you. Well, you and I are comics. We're individuals and all that stuff. But yeah. you got to tell me. I mean, honestly, I, I was very critical of Obama when he did the ND, the National Defense Act. I was like, oh, well, mm-hmm. this is not cool. I was, yeah, horrible. And including my hysterical leftist friends, when I was trying to bring it up to them, they couldn't be bothered <laughs> with it. This is year what eight years ago, ten years ago. But, yeah. um, but when I heard him speak during the pandemic, I almost brought tears to my eyes to actually be like, oh, that's oh, what it sounds like. What I forgot. A fucking loser. Just to listen, <laughs> listen, just to hear in an authority position in our government, right? Because after years of Trumpness, I like, it was nice to like, hear like, oh, that's how an adult sounds like. They're just like, you uh, can like- I just, see, I love, <laughs> I love, one of the things I appreciated about Trump, oh, again, God. and maybe this is just my mentality of like, you know, fuck yeah. the president. I don't care what the president has to say. So for totally. me, I was like, give me more tweets. I'm entertained by this. Oh, no. For me, it, it exposed that, look, I, Obama might talk well, you know, he he speaks so well. He might speak uh, like an adult, but at the end of the day, he's still a fucking lying, power hungry asshole. I, like all of them. I see. I see your point, and I, I uh, Gad Sad, the Lebanese Jew, yep. who's the hilarious dude, and uh, makes a lot of great points. Uh, he he, the same thing. Like the aesthetics of Trump has turned a lot of people off, and the aesthetics of other people turn them on. But here's where I differ. This is where I start to branch off from that. What I saw, especially during like the civil unrest during the pandemic, um, is that it actually does make a difference in the successful like functioning of society. How a leader whether people like you or me need, need that, how the masses react to what a leader does. And, and even if they're like on paper, they do, they're doing something that you're like, oh no, I love this. And like, oh, Trump did this thing with Israel and he's putting, he's looking, he's creating peace in the Middle East and no one's giving him credit. There are ways that you talk and ways that you egg people into certain things and you get people worked up in frenzies. And there's a lot more to say, in my opinion, where I've changed over this, the pandy, where I've seen like, there's a lot more credit I want to give to like, a leader that just knows how to talk in uniting. Maybe, and knows- I don't think, I mean, during this time, though, I mean, we have unprecedented, well, the COVID sit, I mean, we've never had anything like this in the history of humanity, you know? And, and I, I hope we don't have it again during, during I, my 500 I, year well, lifetime. Well, my problem is though, that it's basically, my vitamins. Is, I mean, it's a bad flu. Yes. But now we've got an excuse for anytime something comes through the cycle, they can drop this hammer. And, we, and Americans have accepted it overall, which is why I'm saying no more. I don't accept any more lockdown bullshit. No more restrictions. You know, people should roundly have people over for Thanksgiving. You know, they were talking Jake Tapper and Fauci were talking about, well, so Christmas is canceled. It's like, no, Christmas. Oh, the video you're showing canceled. me? Yeah. Insanity. I, I, I personally don't think that all of the people involved are doing a power grab with it. I, I think that like to Not be everybody it, I've been a but. team leader in so many situations in my life and it is extremely frustrating that sometimes the most intelligent people uh, are not the ones you get to even listen to when you're the leader because you have yeah. pitchfork and if, as we've seen more now more than ever pitchfork uh, wielding people mm-hmm. from any side just like zombies coming at you like a George Romero movie and yeah. you have to appease whatever group is like the biggest threat to your civilization or your just your own family I mean look at the what was it the Michigan governor like their yeah. kidnapper mm-hmm. so at some point like you're figuring out which group you you have to bow down to Sure, there's opportunists in there. I mean, I see that in government. You can see in the personality. You and I both working in Hollywood, like you see the Trump and the the not even just Trump. You see the I need to be a powerful leader of a group and and get what my way. Personalities all over the place. Oh, there yeah. are opportunists just looking for like how can I manipulate people, and uh, I see that's in there. But overall, I think like like I don't think Fauci's an evil dude, and I don't think he's um 
you know, there's a lot of arguments I heard on Altitude Report. Someone was saying like, hey, like we shouldn't let virologists be in charge of the economy. And I'm like, I get that, but they are tied together. Like if you look at the stock market, if you look at jobs, like if people are fucking terrified, it's a Russian roulette game with the virus, right? But well, but you get into the whole chicken or the egg. Why are they terrified? They're terrified because they've been told this thing is coming to eat their souls and it's going to take out their entire families, which is blatantly untrue. It's you know, thank God it's ninety nine percent survival rate. Thank God, but we don't know what the shit out of people. They did. They didn't. They also didn't know, right? They didn't know what was going on. So they, they, they. Like, if you look at certain people, like Trump didn't scare the shit out of people, and everyone's pissed that he didn't warn everyone. So you. I, I, I mean, I, I thought his approach was the right approach personally. In that, and I didn't, you know, again, but I, we could we could have a whole other episode. I feel like we need to talk for like four hours. I know but, we definitely. Well, I definitely have you back on because I know we but, got. Well, here, finish your point here. Then I want to talk about one comedy thing for two minutes because Conan O'Brien is ending his late night show, which I think is interesting. I thought that was a trip too. Yeah, no, interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I, I this is what I was going to ask you is like, what do you think about this migration? So you know, tra- typical TV. Yeah, everything we knew and uh, especially comedically inclined, you know, grew up with is kind of migrating away from it. He's going to HBO Max with a variety show concept, I guess, which we don't know what it's going to be. But I mean, what do you think about that? Like, is the death of late night TV? Is it a death of uh, traditional comedy now? Like, what do you think's happening in the world, man? Uh, I think stand-up comedy as long until AI changes the face of what it is to exist, which will probably happen in the next, you know, 40 to 200 years. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the predictable future, I think stand-up is here to stay and it's going to keep adapting, which has been so inspiring to me. Uh, like Jesus Treo and Stephen Briggs were two of my earliest friends that were like doing these, like they were like opening for like huge comics on these car, what do you call it? Drive-in theaters and like, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I was like, and it just warmed my heart because that's the, one of the things I love, like in the, that Jocko Willink, like adapt and overcome, like five second yeah. funeral. It's okay to feel bad. Give yourself a few seconds and then adapt and overcome. And to see a non-biological life form, like comedy, a thing, a culture, a microculture, <laughs> adapt and overcome, warmed my heart. I barely do stand up anymore, but many of the people I love are still relying on it as their antidepressant for God's sake. Yeah. I just want to see fucking Jesus out there doing what he was born to do. And so when he tells me like, dude, I just did a show in front of fucking 200 cars and they were blinking, flashing their lights at me. It brought me so much joy. I was like, dude, comedy is going to be fucking fine. I saw in New York, they were doing it like at a baseball field. And I was like, comedy is going to be fine. Uh, The the economy around it. I don't know how they're going to figure all that shit out. Yeah, Um, Because like, but I don't tits up. Who did? They, uh, Quibi. Remember that? Like they had the short. Yeah. Well, I think they just. I knew it was going to go concept. Quibi. You told me the yeah. name of it again. Like that should be a character in Rick and Morty. Like that's not <laughs> a fucking name for a channel. Dude, have you ever, dude, you worked with some of the Hollywood people that you're just like, yeah. how do you drive a $200,000 car? You're not even smarter than me. I thought it's you were smarter than me this whole time. Up. Just like politics, man. Everybody fails up in Hollywood and politics. That's why the politics and the Hollywood are so uh, so in bed with each other. Dude, when I, when I, my first writing job, I remember working at it and, and being blown away I was at these pitch meetings uh, with uh, Rarell Battle got me this gig and like I'm like so excited and I'm imagining that these people must be so smart. They must know comedy so well. And I was like, we just got out of this meeting. I was like, that guy is such a fucking hack. Like he's like yeah. 20 years in the past and not funny. And he just told me his idea. And like, I was like, yeah. this is, is this for real? Like, I really imagined like everybody was like Larry David just, just and fucking ideas. Yeah. Just everybody's laughing, bending over. And then you see shit like the big bang theory. You should like the shit you see coming out on network TV is so atrocious that I, I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand it either, I, man. And to your point, I, I shake my head. I say, who the fuck is hiring these people? Cause you know, it's so hard to get in. And it's, it's very- like, 
I don't, I don't get it. It's it's its own ecosystem. There's a lot to there's a lot of stuff to balance and negotiate. And there's and, yeah. and any if you do one production. So I, I never worked in like big movie productions, but in commercial production, one mm-hmm. little commercial production that's maybe one to three days to film with a fifty to one hundred person crew. There are so many variables constantly oh, yeah. changing in that. You can only imagine how weird it is to, to set up Game of Thrones and be like, oh my God, it worked out well. And then, you know, like, th- what was that other HBO show, the one with the cruise ship, and had all these amazing, it had Josh Gad and the oh, dude yeah. from House. Yeah, it was an awful show. It had so many awesome actors. The yeah. theme of it was going to be fucking great. My wife and yeah. I were so excited. I was, like, I was like, it's sci fi, it's on a cruise ship, it's comedy, Josh Gad's in it. Holy shit, all these great actors. Yeah, Hugh and Laurie it was, was in it. Yeah. Hugh Laurie, that's what I was talking about. And it was such a train wreck shit show. Awful. And no offense to the listeners, uh, to the, if, if you're listening and you created that show, great, I, I know you tried. And, and, <laughs> yeah, right. It'll dude, to this it, show. It's, it's very hard to sculpt these things as they're get, it's like a water willy. It's like jumping away yeah. from you as you're sculpting it. Arrested Development, the new season was a great example. Like it got, it went from being the dopest show ever to like, hey, like, um, what ingredients did you put in this time? Did you bake it yeah. at the same temperature? Because it's something's off. That, Dan, it's that, very that hard happens. to do. Man, that happens with a lot of shows. I think anytime they take a break, like Futurama is a show I, I grew to oh, love immensely. Yeah. Right? The later yeah, oh, yeah. seasons, though, they just don't cut it. There's like, the, again, hacky jokes. There's one, I, I swear to God, there's one fucking somebody's nephew in the writer's room that keeps putting these hacky jokes in later episodes where it's like he has Garfielditis and he's sitting there, you know, with cat stripes and goes, I hate Mondays. A joke everybody could see coming. Well, hacky is terrible joke. And it's like they, lo- they lost the ingredients, they lost the magic mix. Well, dog, I don't want to blame them because here's the thing. Sometimes, or not sometimes, when you mix commercialism with art, it brings out the best in art and it brings out the worst. So it brings out the best because it makes people like myself who used to have a major problem of like being paralyzed and like, I can't, it's not perfect. I can't release it. It right, gives yeah. you deadlines. It gives you, uh, it gives you um, accountability to other people that are waiting for their paycheck, for their teams mm-hmm. and their departments that need stuff. So you just have to move stuff along. So it's a blessing in that sense. But, but uh, someone mentioned in an interview about like uh, British shows, they do three seasons Mighty Boosh yeah. did three seasons that were fucking amazing. Every episode of Mighty Boosh, in my opinion, is just like the best TV ever. Yeah. And then it just ends. And it's like, dude, I would love a fourth season. But at the same time, like they, they ended it on yeah, a high note. Perfect. And it was just like, it was fucking great. And in America, yeah. we're like, keep pushing. Like Office, dude. It's like Office uh, was amazing for four seasons. Yeah. And then it gets like, just like, oh, oh man. Simpsons. like it, God, the Simpsons. Simpsons, dude. Yeah. Simpsons is older going. than. Atrocious. Yeah, it's, it's like older than most, most people listening to this podcast. Uh, so, one show. Have you seen Peep Show? It actually is still, I think it's still going. Hilarious I see the, comedy. It's, it's, I see the memes for it every now and then. They pop up in my feed and, I, and I'm like, I would love the show because the memes are hilarious. Uh, it's, it's I love genius. British humor, dude. I've, I'm, uh, I got an like English family. It's in my blood. I fucking love English humor. There you go. Oh, they're, like, we, they're like, we're good to have you here. You know, the Jews were lenders in the old country of England. You're like, yes, thank you. Every Christmas you bring that up. Thank you very much. Every Christmas. <laughs> a little note on the card. All right, oh, well, John, dude, I so know great. you got to eat with their family. I so do. parting words, what do you, what, anything you want to wrap the show up? And I do think we should have another episode uh, sometime soon. Cause this is a lot of I, fun and we've obviously have a lot more to say. I a hundred percent agree with you there. So like, uh, let's do this again ASAP. Um, th- yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Seriously. This kind of conversations, this is what gives me faith. And what I hope, like when we have a, instead of us just like riffing like this on the phone, when people are listening to it, this is what gives me faith that like, even if you, you and I don't agree on every little thing, but like common humanity, you're a diplomatic human. I'm a diplomatic human. That's all it takes for me. Then I'm like, oh, we're friends. That's why I have friends of all over the political spectrum. And, and, I, and I love all of them. And I'm like, as long as you're not violent, dude. Like, or if, Asian. <laughs> Got to put the comedy in here, <laughs> folks. There was a punchline. If they, hey, cut, that, if they cut that sound. 
<laughs> they cut that sound bite out. One of your listeners is like, you know, I'm thinking about starting up cancel culture, trying to reignite it. I'm going to cut a sound bite out. They don't like Asians. Well, you and I are not getting on <laughs> SNL. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, we're Shane Gillis. <laughs> Did you listen to that whole conversation? The, the Shane Gillis yeah, one? I, I listened to like a good amount of it. And I was like, I mean, Again, it's like that because I, I had no problem with it. I was like, whatever, it's fine. I was like, wait, they were actually making some funny points because I like yeah. I have friends and people in my family that are Thai. Uh, I have like all these different races in my family. And I'm like, yeah, they're like this, dude. So the <laughs> first time I ever encountered racism in real estate was actually showing a Mexican couple a house. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe the racist shit that they're saying. And I was oh, like, yeah. so is it racist to say that certain <laughs> Mexican people are racist? Like, I, Every, again, and, and Asian hysterical people. people. I swear to God, the, the most racist are uh, Asian like different Asian races hate each other predominantly and also have a, some, some racism in them. Which is, the which, which is why we need to move ourselves to a post-racial world so that my young children grow up in a world where they don't look at. Did you ever hear that thing someone was talking about where uh, the, the, this kid that was homeschooled to a certain age and then they put him in public school and they asked him to draw a black person and he drew a ninja. And, it was, <laughs> and they, awesome. they were saying like, what an achievement. <laughs> like the parents didn't teach their kids that like, like races are made up. Like we're not yeah. different races. Like yeah. we're all part of the same species and people that tried to divide us a long time ago invented race to say one race is better than another. We're just all part of this different species. Some of us have different genetics with different right. nose shapes. And yeah, yeah, my penis is huge because I'm Jewish. But that doesn't mean, I'm just joking. I have a very meat and potatoes, regular just <laughs> American humble penis. Anyways, um, I think we need to go to a post-racial world. So that, that would be great. But yeah, having these conversations is what gives me faith in my fellow humans and knowing that like someone's listening to this and they can be a total crazy socialist and be like, hey, yeah, those are some great points. Maybe I can have in my pie chart of our heart a slice that yeah. can be libertarian and, and, they, and that can grow. And maybe someone that's listening to this that's a hardcore libertarian can say, hey, like, hey, some of these people that believe in like socialized medicine, maybe they're not like fucking total crazy communists or like, you know, I lo- like I'm like me. I I love guns and the right to bear arms. I love freedom of speech. But motherfucker, I'm wearing my mask, dog. I believe in yeah. science. So yeah. I, I, that's what I want is just to mix it up and blend a little more. Well, for so sure. Thanks. And and that's where it's like the approach I think always has to be. And I talked to a lot of people with this. You know, different approaches for different people. And you know, when I talk to liberals, I I try to talk to them about things and say, look, we're all on the same team. You know, we want we want people to live. We want people to survive. We want people to have food on the table. We want people to be to be successful and be. I safe. want humans to thrive. We want humans to thrive. Yeah, we just have different ways of going about it. And and yes. for me, I think that the libertarian approach is one that honestly hasn't been tried yet. So I think that you know we know which ones don't work. It's what we're doing. So let's try something different. Yeah, and, uh, and people tend to be a little bit more open to that approach. I think. And try a little. Try like a slice of libertarian action in your life. So you don't have to, you don't have to rhubarb worry about pie, man. You don't know what rhubarb is, but you still try it at Thanksgiving. Just try a slice. Like it. It's like, it's just like in like, in like being, um, what do you call it? When you're, when you're in the moment, uh, when you're present, right? Passionate. When you learn about oh, okay. yeah, be, being passionate, but being what, present what in the moment. I never am. Yes. She, you're not, you're, she says you're never passionate. I get, I get that I'm never serious. I'm like, <laughs> did you listen to my podcast with Brian? I was serious for like fucking 40 minutes. Uh, no, dude, like just approaching it like you would approach mindfulness and being present. It's like, it's okay. You don't need to change. You don't need to call up and change your voter registration. You don't need to start telling your friends you're a libertarian right. or you're a Democrat or you're Republican. Just try it. Learn a little bit about this, your neighbor, your fellow American or your fellow human and say, oh, what would be a libertarian stance on that? Maybe that's not so bad. Yeah. And just do that. And I, I I think that that would just make the world better for all of us to try those things out and just stay diplomatic, stay peaceful, stay grateful that we live in a great society and, 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 and we'll, we'll, we'll keep progressing. And I, I have faith in it. You know, I have yeah. faith in it. There's just too Amen, many great man. people that I've been Amen. blessed to know. 
Well, tell everybody where they can find you. You know, we talked about it, but tell everybody specifically where can they find you on Twitter, on, uh, I don't know if you're on Parlor or your website, your podcast, et cetera. I almost joined what Dave Rubin's uh, locals, but uh, I'm, I'm yeah. too lazy. And the, the more I see uh, the crazy people going to it, the more I'm just like, you know what? I, I don't need any more social media, but good <laughs> good for you guys for doing a free speech platform. Um, par- parlor, just uh, all I've heard is the stand-up jokes about it. So I have no idea. Um, but uh, no, guys, uh, just. Oh my God, my dog howling. No, I love that. That's dude, We're recording at home. It's a pandy going on. You're going to have your dog. Sorry, I had to mute my mic. You know, it's like my, it's, my wife went out. I swear to God, I'm a murderer. Don't feel bad about a dog barking. Brian, this is what, this is what adds novelty, novelty to this, that we'll listen to this in 20 years and be like, dude, we recorded during the pandemic and it was they so had cool. dogs before we had to eat them all because the great famine, uh, the Biden famine of 2021. The Biden famine. You <laughs> shut the fuck up with your negative uh, pr- prophecies. Don't do self-fulfilling prophecies. We're going to be right. fine. Uh, <laughs> Biden won't be able to remember to do whatever he needs to do to create a famine. Don't worry. He'll be like, That's ah, true. ah. Um, I, 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 wait, but why is my, I'm going to mute my mic while you give, while you get where you don't have to mute your mic. I literally have had my cat jump on my face while doing a buyer's consultation through zoom and the clients still <laughs> became my clients and I still sold them a house. Everything's fine with the dog barking. Uh, no, uh, guys, if you, if you want to find me, just go, just the best thing you can do is, is go and subscribe to fantasy house podcast. Uh, it's on all the places that you can get a podcast, Apple music and all that stuff. It's uh, MTV cribs, imaginary style. So we go on tours through people's, limitless cartoony rick and morty style fantasy homes it's it's fantastic fantasy house podcast guys i really there appreciate you go. It. soon to have a brian mcwilliams oh i can't wait dude with your fleshlight room you weirdo oh, i'm like you can have any technology i'm like you can have any technology you want you can have you can have uh, the, the jude law the female jude law of, of your house and you can make love to her you're like no just a room with fleshlights well, and the question is, too, just to, to, to end on this high note, do I have to alternate between fleshlights and dildos up when I roll when I roll around so I can go dick to hole, dick in a hole, dick in my hole, dick in a hole, dick in a hole just roll around in the room and just, well, anyway, that's, that will save you that can for have the two part. rooms. You can have a room for each, dude. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, John Shevsky, a prince among men, uh, duelist so in the much. fantasy house, everybody. And John, I will talk to you soon, my brother. Great to see you. What a pleasure, man. Thank you so much. All right, brother. Peace. All right, there you go. That wraps it up with John Shesky. Uh, guys, at the end of this episode, I want to remind you, we've got three shows here at Lines of Liberty Podcast. Of course, mine is the most popular because I am hilarious and insightful. But don't forget, Mark Claire is on Mondays with the flagship Lions of Liberty show. Also, we've got John Odermatt with Felony Fridays, wrapping it up every Friday, looking at the criminal justice system and the problems therein. And... We're going to be doing a special show at the end of the month where we answer your questions that you posted in your five-star reviews. Only five-star reviews get answered, but you post it on iTunes. We will read your question. We will answer your question. So make sure to do that within the next few days if you want to make the cut and get on the special show where me, Mark, Odie, maybe a couple of the other lines will be answering your questions. And don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share the show. I saw some people give us a nice shout out on, uh, you know, people ask what libertarian podcast you're listening to shit Post it anywhere where people say, what general podcasts are you listening to? Because that really helps us uh, as we continue our upward trajectory into 2021. All right, guys, thanks from me, Brian McWilliams from the Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land. Always stay plugged into Liberty.